the simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Mark Florka. With 45 years of industry experience, Mark knows the ins and outs of baking. He is Bakerpedia's community forum manager and baking instructor. He's here to share knowledge and help you grow connections. You're listening to the Baked In Science Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Baked In Science. I'm your host, Mark Flerka. At Baked In Science, we like to take the science you bake into your products and unravel some of the mystery for you to learn and explore new opportunities. In this episode, we get to have a conversation with one of the leading global producers of enzymes and learn how they can help us improve our baked goods in many different ways. Please welcome my guest Deepak Roda, the Vice President of Market and Business Development for Enzyme Innovation. Welcome bakers to another interesting episode of Baked in Science. Today I have with me Deepak Roda of Enzyme Innovation. Welcome Deepak. Thank you so much Mark. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Now Deepak, I love the name of your company, Enzyme Innovation. It's like two very trendy or interesting words combined together that we like to see a lot of in baking. We like to see a lot of innovation and enzymes are pretty popular in baking. And so tell me a little bit about what does enzyme innovation do? Well, so as the name says, we do innovate enzymes. We believe in having innovative enzymes. At enzyme innovation, enzyme innovation is division of specialty enzymes. Uh-huh. We belong to group of advanced enzymes globally. So we are proud to say that today we are in top 10 global specialty enzymes and probiotics producing company with an experience of over 63 years in enzymes and probiotics manufacturing. Today, we have products which are designed for over 18, 20 different industries spread over human nutrition, animal nutrition, food processing and non-food processing areas. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. That's excellent. Yes. Yeah. So what we do here at Enzyme Innovation is we design solutions for different industries replacing something which is causing side effect or something which is not safe or something which is health friendly or label friendly. So we designed those solutions using enzymes and probiotics. Cool. That's really interesting. What do you do for enzyme innovations? That's a good question. So, <laughs> well, my title is I'm Vice President of Market and Business Development at Enzyme. Oh, excellent. Interesting. Yeah. I'm a chemical engineer, and then I did my master's in bioprocess technology with an emphasis on enzymology. A total of 29 years of experience, traveled over to 35, 37 industries. Pretty much experience into different areas, right from an R&D to production to product development, application. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You bring a lot more to the, the table, so to speak, as we say, than just simply a product. You have the wisdom and the experience from production and all of these types of things as well. 
Yeah, so I'm blessed with like working into different areas here. So at Enzyme Innovation now, like I pretty much take care of product and application development and also sales and marketing of enzymes and probiotics and solutions thereof in various different industries. Mm-hmm. Making it one of the industries what, uh, what I'm also looking into. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. And one of the things that we get asked about a lot, I've seen, you know, some products from your company that help with is shelf life, shelf life and baked goods. In North America in particular, one of our challenges is that we have less and less small independent bakeries. Everything is being more consolidated so that now it has to be shipped all over the country to get it to all the markets. And so that requires often a lot of shelf life extension. So when we use the word shelf life extension, what does that mean for you when it comes to enzymes? Okay, so shelf life extension is like a pretty broad term. It is all about keeping the baked products safe and keeping its original properties, right? Mm -hmm. So two attributes here on shelf life extension. So one is like in a kind of mold formation. Mm -hmm. Another is keeping the baked goods, like delay the staling, keeping fresh for a longer time. Keep the texture nice. Yeah, keep the moistness or keep Mm -hmm. the softness for a longer time. So these are two attributes in the shelf life extension. So what we do here at Enzyme Innovation, we offer solutions here, which is for the second attribute, which is Mm -hmm. delaying the staling process or maintaining the moistness and softness for a longer time. Mm -hmm. Variety of big products. This is what we do here. So several different solutions we offer in, in this area. Very interesting. So in terms of the safety, do you even have enzyme packages that can help with delaying or preventing bacterial growth? So there is like in a, nothing as in a direct, but then there is an indirect benefit here. So the bacterial growth generally, it happens into the baked product because of two things. One is the substrate or the food which is available for the bacteria. And any baked product, it is like a really a great food for bacteria to grow. A lot of sugars. <laughs> bacteria like sugar to grow. So a very good carbon source. Also, people nowadays adding a lot of proteins. So very good N sources. Then CH, which is already there, but then N is also coming up. But for the mobility of these bacteria, there's something very important is in our water activity. If the water activity is beyond certain number, example, let's say 0.95 or 0.97, then these bacteria, they would really grow faster. Mm -hmm. One of the solution, like uh, one of the enzymes, what we have, it helps to, you know, even keep a water a little bit in bound form. It would bind bound the moisture. So this, what happens is the mold formation may get delayed. I don't say that in every case it would get delayed, but then in certain cases, yes, it would get delayed depending on what big product one is using. Mm -hmm, mm So we don't offer a direct solution for mold inhibition, but then we offer them a solution where it would indirectly delay the formation of that. I see. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Enzyme Innovation brings you this podcast, Extend Shelf Life and Prolong Softness in Your Baked Goods with Sebake Fresh Ultra, Enzyme Innovation's proven high-performing maltogenic amylase. Call 909-203-4620 or visit enzymeinnovation.com to learn more.
I had never thought of that. I'd never realized that there's also these indirect benefits at times. And I guess in a sense, it's helping to regulate some of the water activity so it can't multiply as quickly, right? And and that Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's really cool. When we talk about things like texture, like the softness or the freshness of things, what are some of the best ways to evaluate that or to measure that? Like, how can I tell whether my product is starting to become stale or meeting the end of its shelf life? How can I see and or measure the benefits, I guess, of, of using the enzymes? What, what are some suggestions that you might have there? In staleness, in a staling process, there are several different attributes which comes. We say, hey, this is a texture analysis. In textures, we see a softness, moistness, mouthfeel, then springiness, oven spring, crumb softness. There are a few more nowadays as like a resilience and foldability. So yeah. this is something which has been coming up. Mm-hmm. So depending on the baked goods, then these properties, they are getting relevant. So example, if we are doing bread, then in bread, it's more of foldability and resilience. Okay. Now, yeah. this is what it is coming. But then if it is coming in tortillas, then it's more of rollability along with resilience and along with the foldability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely a measurable. This is not like an, I would say, organoleptic properties. Some they are, but then majority of them we can measure. So there is something called an a texture analyzer. So under texture analyzer, like you have a bread, you can keep the bread, you have a prong, you just measure like what kind of, at what point it would break up lying a certain load. And then you see in like, hey, this is breaking at this particular time. Mm. Or you are applying a pressure and then, you know, leaving it, uh, releasing the pressure. So you see that in how much time the bread comes back or a bake good comes back to its original position. Spring back or a springiness kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So texture analyzer is one. Many of these properties, they could be measured. The others would be like, let's say, rollability and all. So there are ways of how you roll the tortillas. Mm-hmm. And so there are like in a, the rollers where you roll the tortillas around and release it. And then you can see those properties. Moisture is something, yes. So there is an, a moisture testing. You have a moisture ball method. With that, one can definitely see how much moisture is uh, remaining in bond form and what level of moisture which has been remained. So it's like a simple burning process. And then you see before and after what is the moisture loss. As the starches recrystallize, it starts to lose moisture as well at the same time. It's sort of a... I guess, an indicator in that sense, right? It is. So as like for moisture losing, there are a few things here. One is as the starch uh, retrogrades, then there is a loss of moisture. If the level of emulsification is lesser, then again, the moisture, uh, one keeps on losing moisture. Mm -hmm. So these two are things where they are responsible for the moisture stuff. And like bringing in dryness kind of properties into a big product. And so we talked about how one of the side benefits of enzymes could be like have some effect on water activity. If we're talking about, you know, that enzymes can help keep things softer, make tortillas roll better and things like that. How does that work? What do we need to be aware of and understand about, you know, I'm not saying like you have to teach us everything about enzymes, but to give the baker a grasp of just throwing a bunch of enzymes at something, 
you know, and like magic, it works. But I mean, there's can be detrimental effects as well. So how do enzymes sort of affect these things? Can you give us sort of a brief perk precursor of this? Right? So if we look at like an, uh, a making process of a big product, one is use of flour. Flour has an, a major ingredient, which is starch. And starch has two components, amylose and amylopectin. Mm-hmm. So typically amylose is easy to break down. Uh, like when one is hitting a starch, starch would expand. Amylose would naturally break down into dextrins and further into sugar mm-hmm. after the heat baking process. But amylopectin is one which doesn't break down because it is a branch chain of mm-hmm. starch. So what we do is we have an enzyme which would particularly act onto the amylopectin portion and it would break down this amylopectin into dextrins. So amylopectin, after breaking it down, there is nothing which which is remaining there which would break back. This is a beautiful enzyme. There's nothing like in a magic. It's a pure science, right? And so the enzyme is maltogenic amylase. It would act upon amylopectin. It will yep. break down into dextrins and make more of sugars. The retrogradation process that would get delayed or it would stop. So this would help to maintain the softness or extend the softness of a big product. Along with this, then one can use some other enzymes also. But depending on enzyme, what one is using, one has to be mindful how much has to be used. I often say that the bakers need to just simply look at the Latin names that are being used in these enzymes and things because it all makes sense. It all connects together. Like you said, I mean, you use an amylase enzyme to work on amylopectins and you use a maltogenic enzyme that works on the maltose portions. And if you're working with proteins, it would be a protease enzyme. So, or if it's fats, it's a lipase enzyme. That's the real basics of it sort of helping make sense to a baker in what he is selecting or working with an enzyme company like yours in terms of what I need to accomplish. This episode is sponsored by A&A Baking, your trusted partner in bakery equipment and automated lines. Are you looking to expand your food processing line but need help figuring out where to start? We'll help you achieve your goals at a pace you can afford. Get started at bakerpedia.com backslash AA hyphen baking. Coming to this one, like just good you mentioned about the different enzymes here. So amylopectin and then maltogenic amylase, that would make sense. And amylase, it will work mostly on amylose portion, but then there is a kind of a limit to use. And so what you said is right. The baker should be what he accomplished, whether it's a volume or maintaining the softness or extent prolonging the softness. Mm-hmm. or maintaining the moisture for a longer time and then the appropriate enzyme could be used nowadays if i look into the market different for manufacturers they kind of like an um, blend various different things in one of the blend one of them simply mention enzymes now we don't know what enzymes they are and if something is coming that way then that becomes like a you know, really challenging stuff for a baker also we are here to help and then bring that knowledge and we would be happy to help everyone 
Are there any legal limits as to how much enzymes one can use? Do they follow GMPs primarily? So generally it is GMPs. There is nothing like an illegal binding for the enzyme usage limits in the big products. But coming to the baking science, there are certain enzymes, really a few enzymes you can use to whatever quantity one wants to use them. There are kind of like in a really no side effects. There are some enzymes where even if it is used a little extra, even in the PPM level, that gives a negative effect into the baking application. I'll give you an example here. If a particular enzyme, if it is used really even a, like a 10% more, it will completely liquefy the dough. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a protease, a particular protease, if it is used a little extra, it would completely break down the protein network. So the bread won't rise. Everything would fall flat, basically. Yeah. So one on the technical side, uh, how much to be used is very important. Legally, there is no binding. Bakers are, uh, they are really educated. So they go by also the label, what they are making on their baked products. And then they would say, hey, this is the nutritional value or this is the TOS or Mm -hmm. this is the energy or this is the protein content. And enzymes are really added in PPM or needed in PPM level right now. This is not really of a concern. And GMP is one which is who, who is following on this one. But then there are no binding limits per se for FDA. Like, hey, you have to use only so much. For cost efficiencies and, you know, as you mentioned, the effects, it's one of those ingredients that sometimes less is more. It's to work with people like Enzyme Innovation to make sure that you're using the right quantity and the appropriate enzyme for the application. And, you know, because you guys are the experts, so you're the ones that can really help us achieve the ultimate desired results, right? Do you offer like blends in different dosages so that, you know, because as you mentioned, it's a PPM usage. So it's a very small level parts per million. Do you have it blended with a substrate or blends of different enzymes for specialty applications? What do you have set up to work with your bakery customers with that? It's very important to understand what a baker should accomplish. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there are certain straight products we, uh, we offer, but then we do offer a customized blend as well. Example, like one of the customers we were working with on a frozen dough project, they wanted to accomplish something and then they were using like in a three, four different ingredients and that was getting really tricky and the results were also not coming in. Mm-hmm. So we got into and then we worked upon, offered them a customized blend, looking at different enzymes and then working on appropriate dose. So the dose of the blend, it would carry an appropriate proportion of all those enzymes which are required to accomplish a desired result. So we offer customized blends depending on the need. To do that one, then yeah, we go through a lot of questions and process because we need to understand what is the process all about? What is there in the mix? What is there in the dough? And what are the ingredients they are there? So select right and find the right blend for them. There are few people, few companies who doesn't want to use a really a small dose. They want to have a bigger dose. Example, there are many companies, they don't want to handle bigger volumes. They just want to have something which is really a small stuff. So we do all these kind of stuff right from accomplishing the results to the volume handling to the pricing so working out on all this one we do offer customized solutions one last thing i wanted to ask you about that caught my eye today 
that I wasn't aware of before is probiotics. Didn't realize that you guys also handle probiotics. Does that have any baked good applications or is that something that has to go into a cultured product that to keep it alive? So interesting question. And I'm happy to say that our probiotics do have an application in baking. So we are really proud with probiotic what we made in. It does survive baking conditions. This particular product, what we have is grass accredited and clinically very well studied. It shows effectivity and disease indications. But then this is just taken as a gut health. Being a good gut health. So even as sick people, they can have the big products or they can eat the big goods during their sickness and then still remain healthy. That's fantastic. That's that's a whole other health avenue opportunity for bakers to be able to include, whether it be for simply making healthy baked goods or making something that in, in a hospital or something that is directly specifically targeted at patients who need the gut health for, for digestion and stuff. That That is phenomenal. My introduction to probiotics goes back quite a few years. And at that time, the only thing that we could use it in was in chocolate coatings because it had to stay alive. We couldn't subject it to heat or things like that. So this is fantastic news. This is amazing. This podcast is brought to you by KPM Analytics. KPM Analytics is working alongside industrial bakers for quality assurance and process control at every stage of their production to improve efficiency, ensure quality, and protect their brand. Their comprehensive range of analyzers provides critical quality measurements of incoming ingredients, analysis of products during the baking process, and inspection of final product for quality and consistency. To learn more, go to www.kpmanalytics.com. So can you share with us a little bit about the types of enzymes that you use when you target shelf life extensions and things of that nature? The shelf life extension, as I mentioned earlier, there are two attributes. One is the mold formation, delay in mold formation. The second is retaining the moisture or the freshness for a longer time. Mm-hmm. So with enzymes, we work directly on to the second aspect, which is, so there we use a few enzymes depending on the baked products which are there. So one of the products what we have is our Sebec Fresh Ultra, which is Maltotonic Amylase. He described earlier, it works on the amylopectin portion and then helps to delay that it starts retrogradation process. So this is one enzyme we do it. Many people use emulsifiers, emulsifiers like, uh, let's say, monoglyceride, diglycerides or lecithin kind of stuff, which has been used where the moisture should retain into the baked products. But then that leads to a formation of off labels. So what we do is we have an, another enzyme, which is by name CBEC PF. This is an, a, a very specific lipase. So it acts upon to the triglyceride questions, which are naturally available in the grain, or someone is adding these oils. So this lipase has an action onto these oils where it would emulsify those and bring in an emulsification process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So this would help. So these two together would help to retain the moisture. So these two enzymes, we are primarily using it for extending plumbing softens there. And in addition to that, do you have other solutions as well that you offer for baked goods specifically? So in addition to shelf life extension, we have like pretty much a complete gamut of enzymes, right from an enzyme straight to the volume into the bread or egg reduces into the cake production or uh -huh. emulsifier reduction or replacements or sugar reductions. Also some solutions like a good solution we have for gluten-free baking. Oh, so, wow, fantastic. So gluten is like in a big deal. And today one wants to have a gluten-free baked product, which is with the same properties or same functionality as in a gluten products. Mm -hmm. Yep. It becomes like a little challenging to accomplish. And then we provide solutions to into the gluten-free baking and providing the similar properties or properties which are similar to the normal gluten-based baked products. Excellent. Well, that's really cool. That's a lot of different things that you guys accomplish. That's a lot of hats you have to wear. And we've only talked about baked goods, and you supply the entire food industry as well. I mean, there's yeah. just so much more, and it must be an incredibly exciting time to enjoy with the, your company's growth with all of these different things that you're doing. Your website is enzymeinnovation.com is just like how it sounds? Yeah, that's right. One of the things, Mark, I, I just want to bring up is we do offer technical support here. So what we have here in Chino is we have state-of-the-art bake lab and we have seasoned bake professional, baking professional who run this product and application development day in and out. Some bakeries or companies who wants to who are facing challenges or who wants to have a customized solutions. So we kind of run in a complete technical backup or technical support, delivering solutions for them, working even with their ingredients in our lab and demonstrating that, hey, how our enzymes would help the bakeries to accomplish the desired results or overcome the challenges or what benefit it would bring in. Yeah, those are complete technical support and we are really happy with that one. That's really good. So if I've got like a gluten-free cookie that I've developed and I want it to stay soft just a little bit longer, I can give you my formula and work with you and you guys can put that in the lab and kind of come up with a solution for me with my formula and your enzymes. And like I always like to say, Bob's your uncle. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool. Well, this has been really, really informative. And that website, again, is enzymeinnovation.com. My guest has been Deepak Roda, who is the Vice President of Market and Business Development with Enzyme Innovation. Thank you very much, Deepak. It's been a pleasure having you on. It was great to see you again. Thank you so much for having me today, Mark. It was a pleasure talking to you. Well, all I can say is, wow, that is a lot to digest. Maybe need some enzymes to help with that. A truly interesting variety of solutions for baked goods to accomplish so many different things. If you're ready to do more with your baked goods, look up Enzyme Innovations to support you. Thank you for listening, and we will look forward to having you back for the next episode for Bakerpedia's Baked in Science 
I'm Mark Florka, signing off for today. <laughs>